CSI presents The Standard Show, the podcast that brings you the stories behind the standards with Matthew Childs and Cindy Paragill. Today's episode is on standards and the digital transformation of developing countries. Hello and welcome to The Standard Show. My name is Matthew Childs and I'm with Cindy Paragill. Hey Cindy, how are you? Trying to take the high road and you? On the road to recovery. Ah, yes. How was the Tour of Flanders? Actually, it was totally epic and amazing to ride up those mythical cobbled climbs that I've read so much about and watched so many times on the TV. The Paterberg, the Koppenberg, the Outerquare Mont and the rest. They kind of feel like they're part of me now. Oh, wow. And boy, though, boy, were they tough. But also, if I'm honest... A little bit addictive. Really? Tell me more. <laughs> There's something about just waiting for that next cobble climb. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Now, before we get I get too carried away here, Cindy, with Tour yeah. of Flanders and Cycling <laughs> Chat, we must get this episode on the road. Yes, indeed. Now, the aim of this podcast is to bring you the stories behind the standards. And in this episode, we're looking at the issue of digital transformation of developing countries with two unique organizations that are at the forefront of supporting this transformation. And Cindy, you've been speaking to a couple of people from those organizations. Yes, I have. I spoke to two people, Torbjörn Fredriksson, head of the e-commerce and digital economy branch at the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, or UNCTAD, and Nick Williams, head of the ICT Operations Division at the African Development Bank, or AFDB. And I suppose our listeners may be wondering, you know, what brings the UN, a regional development bank and a national standards body together? Well, the common goal here is all about helping developing countries in their digital transformation process. Yes, the fact is that developing countries are investing only 1.5% of GDP in digital technology, just 50% of the level of investment by their developed counterparts, putting at risk their participation in the digital economy. And to help bridge the growing digital divide, UNCTAD has created the E-Trade for All Network. This is made up of 34 global organizations and governments who are all committed to pulling together resources and skills, it's really a coordination mechanism, to help developing countries improve their readiness to engage in and benefit from e-commerce and the wider digital economy. So the AFDB is a member and BSI is too, um, bringing the standards dimension to the network. Now, a BSI white paper published last year revealed that a key barrier to digital transformation of society and the economy is trust, and that the role of international standards in building trust to accelerate the uptake of new technologies and facilitate digital trade has been heavily underutilised, particularly in the developing world. And so I brought Nick and Torbjörn together to share the story about our new partnership focused on leveraging the value of international standards to address crucial barriers of digital transformation and thereby accelerate the process. We also talk about um, the standards-based toolkit BSI is developing in consultation with them. They also give us a forward look to where digitalization is going next and where the main challenges may lie the critical role of data, and the types of partnerships required to harness the opportunities afforded by the digital economy. And to find out more about the upcoming UNCTAD e-commerce week, listen out for details coming up at the end of the episode. Yes, indeed. Now, we don't have a My Favourite Standard or a Standards Desk of News this time, but we do have news 
of a new series. And this is what it sounds like. Hello, my name is Matthew Childs, and this standard in 10 minutes is ISO 9001, Quality Management Systems. Here are 10 things you need to know. Number one. The standard ISO 9001 Quality Management Systems can lay claim to be the world's most popular. So look out for that. It'll be dropping into the podcast feed in the coming week. ISO 9001, the first episode of our new series, Standards in 10 Minutes. We're looking forward to doing those, aren't we, Cindy? Oh, yes, indeed. Looking forward to it. Now, a reminder that here on The Standard Show, as well as bringing you new series, we really welcome your feedback. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, especially if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Find and follow us on Twitter at Standard Show and on Instagram at The Standard Show. And check out the show notes for all of the ways to get in touch. Do you want to know more about the role and purpose of standards in the modern world? Then BSI's free online course, The Power of Standards, is for you. Through its three modules, you'll learn about what standards are, why organizations use them, how they are made, and how and why people get involved in standards making. The course is designed to last around 30 minutes, but you don't need to complete it all at once. You can stop at any point and restart again later when you're ready. To find out more, visit bsigroup.com forward slash education. In this first part of my conversation with Torbjörn and Nick, I ask them how they see standards being embedded in their work now that BSI is a member of the UNCTAD-led E-Trade for All network. We discuss some concrete examples and also explore the issue of digital trust. But I started by asking them both to tell us about their respective organizations, the work that they are heading up, and what specific digital transformation challenges they are focused on addressing. Starting with Torbjörn. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's great to be on the show. Uh, well, overall, ANCTA's mission is to help developing countries participate more effectively in the global economy. And the part that I'm responsible within ANCTAD deals mainly with policy issues related to e-commerce and the digital economy. Digitalization creates amazing opportunities for people, businesses, and societies as a whole. But it also creates many new challenges. In particular, while the world is rapidly going increasingly digital, large parts of the world are not taking part in this process. The digital divides are still huge and have, during the pandemic, actually been widening even more. So here at ANCTAD, we try to support member states in various ways. First, by producing useful research and analysis, as we do in the Digital Economy Report. Secondly, by providing various kinds of technical assistance. An important product in this context is the what we call the E-Trade Readiness Assessments, which are a tool to help developing countries identify existing barriers and weaknesses in the e-commerce ecosystem and possibly policy actions needed to address them. We strongly believe that in order to provide adequate support to developing countries in this very fast-moving digital economy, we need to work together. So the policy challenges span a range of ministries, which means that we need to escape from our traditional policy silos and find smart partnerships. In the area of e-commerce and the digital economy, 
we launched the E-Trade for All initiative five years ago, and it now has 34 member organizations, including BSI and the African Development Bank. So by coming together, we think we can offer more powerful responses to countries than doing it alone. Thank you so much, um, Torbjorn. And now to you, Nick. Uh, what are the main challenges that the ICT Operation Division of the African Development Bank is focused on tackling? Hi, th- thanks, Cindy. Uh, and I'm pleased to, to, to join the podcast today alongside yourself and Torbjorn. Um, Look, the African Development Bank's, the, if you like, the financial institution for for um, Africa. It's, a, it's um, owned by the governments of Africa, so that's 54 uh, member countries, uh, supported by about 28 regional member country, um, non-regional member countries. And what we're trying to do really is to help governments meet their challenges and their strategies, and the private sector to meet their investment goals by providing them with access to finance. And in the digital area, what what we see is is pretty much what kind of the stuff Torben's just mentioned. There's two fundamental pillars, if you like. One is to address the digital divide, so the lack of access to a base level of connectivity and communications infrastructure. and there we're mostly talking about rural areas, though there's also one part of it is an affordability issue. And, and the second key pillar is more around the adoption of technology, be it um, of ICT, be it you know, based connectivity through to is things like the artificial intelligence. Uh, and there we are, do, there's sort of two sides to that. One is the the adoption and use by existing um, actors, um, so governments, agricultural sector, the, the the power sector, the transport sector, smart cities, trying to help them finance um, efficiencies within those sectors using technology and help them understand that. Um, and the second aspect to it is is to be a supplier of those those services. So this is the entrepreneurship and innovation piece. Um, so that we have a, a tech sector akin to Silicon Valley that's pumping out African, African solutions for African problems and ideally owned by Africans. So the investment is made by Africans and the wealth is retained within Africa and jobs, smart jobs are created in, in Africa. Um, so the banks largely, as I say, the financial arm is looking to support those goals but in doing so, it also does um, uh, finances assistance in the way of analytical work, the te- technical um, capacity building that's required, the technical assistance that's required, the project preparation financing was required. So, you know, from, from the very beginning of the thought process through to the downstream um, intervention in the marketplace, we, we try and play some role. So that is what their organizations do. But being the standard show, I naturally asked them about their standards journey, starting with Torbjorn. Well, I mean, uh, this is uh, an area that, of course, I have for a long time recognized the importance of, but I have not really been much involved personally in work related to standards. Uh, for Angtad, I would say it's very clear that the issue of standards is crucial for developing countries to integrate well in the global economy from 
many dimensions. Uh, it is sometimes believed that as long as small businesses can upload their products on an e-commerce platform, for instance, they can reach global markets. In reality, it is, of course, more complex. Uh, a key potential barrier here is dealing with the standards applied in the destination market, which may be quite different from those in the market in which the producer is based. And the level of support to many small businesses, especially in developing countries, is often very limited. And uh, this, of course, adds to their competitive disadvantage. And we are very keen to have this opportunity to work with uh, BSI in particular uh, to bring in the standards dimension more firmly into our work uh, as we try to support member states uh, in strengthening their ability to participate in the digital economy. So I think uh, during the, the next few years, as we continue our collaboration, uh, I expect I will be in the uh, situation of learning a lot rather than uh, adding much value to this uh, collaboration, especially with regards to standards. Ah, well, um, fair, fair question, because um, it really is based around the infrastructure elements of, of connectivity. That's where it came out for me many years ago. I used to work in the mobile, um, used to work in government, but also in, in mobile industry companies like Vodafone and Ericsson. And there so much of the, the, the pipeline of, of technology was driven by massive um, standards discussions in places like Etsy. Clarifications Corner. Etsy is a European standards organization dealing with standards for telecommunications, broadcasting, and other electronic communications networks and services. US had, had their own standards bodies there the people all there were working groups at ITU and that, that created the base connectivity infrastructure and I've kind of you know sat around recognizing that standards has been important at that level without actually then taking the thinking much further to say well how does it impact the rest of the ecosystem which is built on this infrastructure so a bit like what Torbjorn's saying part part of my participation with, with, with BSI is about actually getting a, getting a better appreciation of the value of standards beyond just issues like which come up in procurements that we see, issues where you want to make sure that there's multiple parties who can provide a product or a service so that you can get a competitive procurement. And so you may want to, to, to see some kind of standard at that level. But what you know, I don't think as an institution we properly, uh, certainly in, in my area, fully understand the value of standards and, and get driving the most out of it. And so you know, we're kind of reflecting life in Africa. I mean, we're all on the same learning um, route to learn more about standards so that we have a better appreciation because you you can't really implement the unknown. And at the moment, where it's about. Um, filling our, our knowledge gap and then seeing how we can help um, breed better standards and, uh, and better institutions within Africa. Um, so my, my, my standards journey, if you like, is, you know, I've just left the front door halfway down the driveway and got into the car. I, I've still got quite a distance to go, I'll be honest with you. Well, we very much look forward to taking you from your driveway to the standards highway. But we're also very keen to make a few 
pit stops on the way to really understand and learn more about the challenges you're observing and to see whether standards can offer a solution. So um, thank you both for that. We too are very much looking forward to our collaboration in the coming years. But back to you, Torbjörn. Now with BSI as a member of the E-Trade for All Network, you mentioned earlier that you're keen to bring in the standards dimension more firmly in your work. So could you perhaps give the listeners a concrete example of how we are working together? Yeah, so I mentioned that that uh, currently we have a situation in the world where the level of readiness to engage in the digital economy there is considerably, and, and since we have the African Development Bank part of this discussion now, it's it's fair to, to recognize that in Africa, many of the countries are uh, relatively immature when it comes to, to developing their digital economies. And we think that you need to address in addition to the connectivity infrastructure part, which is, of course, fundamental, you need to address a series of other policy areas to make sure that you have the, the right uh, um, strategy development in the government so that there is a coherent approach to dealing with digital in the government, which is often not the case. Uh, we need to have payment solutions to enable e-commerce. We need to have financing opportunities for new companies starting their businesses in the area of digital. We need to have uh, skills development. We need to have uh, legal and regulatory frameworks that protect the users and the consumers and the data uh, in the digital world and so on and so forth. And uh, when we do go into countries to help them improving their ability to participate in e-commerce and the digital economy, we try to bring in our partners that can help with all these different policy areas. In some areas, UNCTAD has the expertise in-house, sometimes we need to rely on partners for, for strengthening the work. And when we started working with the BSI here, we recognized that standards is an area that uh, has a bearing on many of these policy areas. It's not a, a, an isolated policy area. So we were very pleased when uh, BSI reached out to us to see how we could better reflect standards in what we call the E-Trade Readiness Assessments. That is a country assessment that we have been undertaking now for almost 30 countries in the world. Most of them are least developed countries. Uh, and also in your support to the E-Trade for All initiative. And we are now currently working together to pilot the inclusion of standards in the, in the assessment of Kenya. Uh, and we'll see how that will play out. The, the, this assessment will be released at our e-commerce week uh, in April uh, together with BSI. And uh, we think it's going to be really interesting to see how important that additional element in the assessment will be and how that can also be picked up by the host country. Uh, and we are happy there to have the national standard body of Kenya involved in this process. Indeed, uh, we're very excited to see the results of the Kenya assessment and also to see how we can take the recommendations further together with KEBS. As you said, um, standards touch on many of the policy areas that need to come together to enable digital transformation. And I'd like to use this opportunity to give a big shout out to the whole UNCTAD team for how welcoming and supportive they have been. And we're really delighted to work with you and um, all the E-Trade for All members to tackle the critically important challenges in the years to come. So now to you, Nick. 
I would like to focus on the issue of trust in the digital economy. So the World Economic Forum's 2022 Global Risks Report highlights that businesses view cybersecurity as one of the top 10 major risks over the next five years. It also points out that digital trust is what will unlock digital transformation and standards and the wider quality infrastructure system, including regulation and legislation, have an important role to play in building trust in the transformation process. But from the work that BSI has done, we see that the potential of international standards and national standards bodies to really build trust, to mitigate risk, make better procurement decisions has been sadly underutilized and particularly so in the developing world. And as you said, Nick, people are just starting to appreciate the role of standards in this transformation. So my question to you is, How do you see this issue of digital trust emerging, and in particular in relation to investment? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um, There's no pithy answer to it. Um, You were talking there around trust, and I think it goes to, to answer your question, you need to to adduce what a problem might be. and so this trust issue is, is significant, I think, but it isn't necessarily uh, appreciated. It's like riding a bike, I guess. You get on the bike for the first time, you give it a go. When you fall on your, fall on your ground and smash your teeth in, you're much l- more reticent about getting back on the bike. At the moment, I think with technology and the, the whole ICT firmament, there's a lot of movement to if you like, get on the, 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 the by analogy, the bike and, and give it a go and see what happens. No one's really got kicked in the teeth because of trust issues yet and because of fail, failings in the, in, in, the, in the system. Now, of course, there have been failings, but on the whole, the continent's moving forward quite well. ICT generally digital has been a, a major success story for Africa. Um, but because we have been moving forward and because our teeth are still in our mouth and not on the floor, we tend to be slow to recognize some of the, the, the key potential pitfalls and to invest against that. And I think this is where um, the work with um, BSI, in a sort of, I'm phrasing it in a rather negative way, but uh, the work with BSI will assist us in, in preparing for uh, a, a future where trust may not be so readily given because people have had bad experiences or, or systems have gone wrong. And um, I think what the, the, the view from, from, from where I sit in the bank is that investment isn't getting put off because of standards at the moment, but consumer trust down the line can't be presumed. Um, and we need to be working better with institutions, uh, standards bodies, to develop an ecosystem of standards that allows for, that doesn't over-regulate, if you like, the, 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 the sector. I always have a worry that standards will, will just take the place of regulation and act as a break, but actually freeze it up to motor along smoothly without some of the pitfalls that then might otherwise uh, occur. 
That's really helpful, Nick. And to address this specific challenge, as you and Torbjorn are very well aware, BSI is developing a standards-based toolkit to help policymakers and industry understand the value and role of standards in building trust in the digital transformation process, complementing legislation and regulation. And as you're aware, standards play a critical role to tackle concerns about digital ID, data protection, cybersecurity, and um, the semantic interoperability of systems. And this toolkit will also include case studies and real-life examples of the pitfalls that may arise from not following a standards-based approach. Every year, BSI and its partners offer young engineers the chance to take part in the IEC Young Professionals Program, all expenses paid. This high-profile professional development program brings together the world's upcoming expert engineers, technicians, and managers, and provides them with opportunities to represent BSI and the UK in shaping the future of international standardization and conformity assessment in the field of electrotechnology. The next program takes place in October and November 2022 in San Francisco in the United States. To find out more about the program and how to apply, visit bsigroup.com forward slash education. Now, in this next part of my conversation with Nick and Torbjorn, we talk about the critical role of data and the types of partnership required to harness the opportunities afforded by the digital economy, particularly to ensure the participation of developing countries. But we started off with a forward look, where they felt digitalization is going next and where the main challenges may lie, starting with Torbjorn. You know, especially during the pandemic, uh, the, the, the digitalization has accelerated even more than it was uh, developing before the pandemic. So it's evolving extremely fast. And we see that it's essential that developing countries are able to take part in this process. And that includes in the process of developing standards in relevant areas. It is not easy because the digital economy is highly dominated right now by a small number of a few major dominating players, the big digital platforms. They have a very big impact on how the digital economy is evolving. Uh, If you think about the Uh, the global landscape in the digital economy, the United States and China account for 90% of the market valuation of the largest global digital platforms. So it's it's a very unusual constellation in a sense, uh, geopolitically, uh, in the case of the digital economy. And I think a major development challenge in the coming decade will be how we deal with data, because data is really one of the most important driving forces of the digital economy as it is evolving now. And at present, we have a very fragmented landscape of data governance. The approach taken by the United States is not the same as the one taken by China. It's not the same as the one taken by the EU. And 
many of the African countries have to uh, look at what's going on in the rest of the world and relate to that somehow because data go across borders and you want to be able to participate in an effective exchange of data. But you also want to be able to harness the data for creating value. And here again, there are big uh, differences in the level of uh, readiness between countries. Uh, And uh, this is very much linked also to the level of standards. So I think this is going to be a very important area as we move forward. And it's important that countries in Africa have a seat at the table when these discussions are going on. Because uh, I think listening and participating in, in, uh, in dialogues will be a very important way also to raise uh, awareness about how under, other countries are dealing with these issues and also to learning from possible good practices that they can uh, take in. And this could also be linked to the the planned ac- activities under the African continental free trade area as they start talking more about e-commerce in the coming years. I think what we, we, we see is a fundamentally a shift away from talking about infrastructure and connectivity into a services economy um, based around digital, but importantly, as Chorben said, about data. And, and what we've seen over the last um few years is particularly over the last two years is a significant increase in venture capital coming in for tech enabled businesses that are using data or promising to use data using four ir type technologies be it blockchain be it artificial intelligence be it be it, be it uh, uh, big data analytics to start um, resolving some of the bigger problems on the continent we, we've seen the digital financial services market just uh, um, really take over uh, the financial services sector um, in terms of revolutionizing it. Now, the issue there then for Africa is absent standards. What's the consequence of this? Is the market moving faster than the standards bodies and the, uh, and the government? Well, at one level, I, I would say I don't care. That's what markets do. They react, they see opportunity, they move. And um, we shouldn't regulate for that. But there are potential externalities that standards could address. Uh, you mentioned earlier the, the trust issue. But there's also issues of market foreclosure um, that maybe sta- standards could, could avoid, as well as uh, sim- simply um, helping the markets operate more, more um, cleanly, efficiently. And there, again, pick up what Chorbin said, the, the African... Um, for continent free trade agreement that that is going to require significant um, movement of information never mind goods and services in order to promulgate a, a single uh, continental trade market and um, where are the standards for all of that what, where are the standards to support that kind of coordinated activity um, so yeah, a move to the service sector to services, significant investment coming into the area, a lot of entrepreneurism, so a lot of dynamism. So can really, to my mind, can can both standards and regulation um, keep up with it in, in their thought processes? Yes, um, that is very much an area of concern. Whether regulation and standards can keep up with the pace of technology and innovation. 
Um, BSI has developed um, agile standards development processes, such as um, flex standards and passes to meet the needs of the market. And this is where the relationship between standards and regulation is so important because standards can help bring the required agility to the regulatory framework. But now um, to ensuring the participation of developing countries in the digital economy. Torbjörn, do you have any recommendations to the standards community to help bridge the digital divide? Unfortunately, I think the reality is that oftentimes, or mostly, the, uh, the developing countries, especially the ones that are not the biggest, uh, do not have too much clout in the formulation of standards, because, especially in an area like digitalization, which is moving so fast, which is so complicated, it is easily the situation that, that the, the, mo- the leading corporate players have the biggest impact on what uh, standards that will actually be applied. So this is a general, a generic challenge. It's a development challenge, uh, and it's difficult to, I think, for many developing countries to sometimes know the full impact of uh, the standards that are being negotiated or developed. Uh, but uh, often they will not have much choice than to. Uh, you know, respond to them and adapt to them when they become, especially like in the telecom field, then there are, there, it's the, the GSM standard or another standard that is developed in the US or in China that will have the biggest impact. Uh, so this is why if there is a way, for instance, to BSI and other standards organizations to provide more assistance to developing countries to build up their capabilities to participate in standards, not just to use them, but also in terms of developing them, that will be very, very valuable. So um, from our discussion today, what I'm hearing from the both of you is that in order to harness the opportunities afforded by the digital economy, what we need is a holistic approach. Um, Coordination is essential. Um, Partnerships are key. So Torbjörn, as your final thoughts, what kind of partnerships do we need? I think we need more partnership. We need to to uh, become better at breaking down the silos and connect the dots between policy areas and between organizations. Because unfortunately, it's still the case that much of the development work that is being conducted is done by ministry, uh, by ministry by ministry, and by agency and agency. So that this means that we sometimes end up in the same country having different UN and other international organizations coming in to offer similar services um, and uh, requiring then the attention of highly strained for resources and from funding uh, ministries or agencies to deal with all these different international players. We need to become better at doing this. And this has become even more important after the pandemic because budgets have uh, are under constraints. Uh, we at the same time we need to know that we need to move faster in terms of delivering the support so that countries more faster can catch up when they are behind in terms of digital readiness and this can only be achieved if we find smarter solutions and smarter solutions have to involve partnership ankta's contribution to the partnership idea has been first and foremost e-trade for all which brings different players together and that is then helping us to find the partnerships on the ground in different countries 
as appropriate. It doesn't mean that all the partners have to work all the time together, but when it makes sense, we can do so. And we do that better if we know each other and we know what our different strengths are. Uh, and uh, if also the member states are aware that these kind of partnership constellations exist so that they don't have to go to each and every organization and knock on their door to find the assistance. We hope that we are contributing in a small way. We're doing that together with partners like BSI and the African Development Bank. But we also have a journey still to travel and we can become so much better and we have to and I think we will in the coming years. Yes, and I think that is the beauty of the E-Trade for All Network. It really offers a mechanism for coordination for the 34 members that bring different um, expertise, contributions and um, resources to the table to collectively help developing countries on their journey. And now to you, Nick. Um, from your perspective, in terms of the kind of partnerships required, is there anything you would like to add to what Torbjorn has said so far? Well, I echo everything Torbjorn said. He, he's he's got a far bigger brain than I, and I think he presented presented the, the partnerships point very well. Um, I would I would pl- make a plea for a partnership of equals if we're thinking about um, international standards and the like. I think we have to. Um, as been said before, have Africa at the table, but not Africa at the table in the sense of, of um, oh, isn't it good that we brought Africa along? They're, they're equal. We need to be addressing um, the standards debate across the whole firmament on an equal basis, not trying to force a gender on people. Um, second thing, I think, uh, uh, reflecting what the bank can do, um, we need to do more institution strengthening. Um mobilize resources for um, Standards Institute for awareness programs for to uh, break down silos that Torben mentioned, um, just to strengthen the ability of individual countries to then participate in standards bodies. Um, but, you know, the basic point with partnership is it should be a partnership of equals. If it's not, if it's just basically someone coming in and trying to push an agenda, that's not really a partnership. Uh, and we need to get that clear at the start. Um, I think what we'll see more and more is uh, uh, an emphasis within go- governments uh, for the need to 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 um, operate internationally in this area, um, to recognise the nature of digital uh, and that it is cross-border. And I think this is where, for example, uh, um, UNCTAD's um, E-Trade Week at the end of, end of April is useful because it does bring people into an, an international fora to discuss things that are cross-border. And I'd like to hope that um, Africa participates more and I'd like to believe, and I'm sure, I do believe, that the, the African Development Bank can assist them with the um, investment required to ensure that when they're at the table uh, they have all the, all the, the arguments necessary to support a business case for, for, for that, that really assists the development of Africa. Our thanks to Nick and Torbjorn for sharing their insights and thoughts about how we can collectively support developing countries in their digital transformation process. And finally, Cindy mentioned in the introduction the UNCTAD e-commerce week. This is taking place from the 25th to the 29th of April. And as part of this, BSI is hosting a special session with UNCTAD, 
the African Development Bank and the UK government, where you can learn more about our partnership and the role of standards to enable sustainable growth. To find out more, check out the link in the show notes. You have been listening to an episode of The Standard Show with Matthew Childs and Cindy Paragill. Subscribe to us now, wherever you get your podcasts. You just heard a stripped media production.